Welcome to the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking. And guess what, y'all? We Black in the Garden. Hey, Soil Cousins, it's your girl, Cola B. Talking. The hostess with the most is here on a break from my break because I'm still very much on a break. Meaning that I'm just doing shit in the background. You know, the plant, when it's growing, is not always showing. Come on with me now. The plant, sometimes we see foliar growth. Is that the word? I know words, y'all know I know the words. Sometimes you see the growth happening above the surface is the best way I can put it. And sometimes the growth is happening with them roots. That root system is very important. It needs to be established. And so if we were to think of this here podcast, Black in the Garden, as a tree, okay, <laughs> you know where I'm going to go with this. The roots are truly, truly, every time I take a break, just know this in case you don't. The roots are being developed. I'm getting me some assistance. All right. Uh, Y'all know we got shirts. Some of y'all are literally in possession of or even wearing them. Shout out to you. Hello. All right. This is a special Mother's Day episode. Uh, So I ain't even gonna hold you because like I said, I'm taking a break from my break. But I did not want Mother's Day to go un... I don't know. It just dropped in my spirit, basically. Uh, I had a great conversation with Brittany, who you're about to hear from. Uh, if you are keeping up with us on the gram, you know, that's 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 where the community is. That's, that's the social media of choice. That's Black Girl Green World. And we have been mama, sister, friends for a long time. We have not been in contact with each other the whole time that's we'll get into that but look that's not the point <laughs> not by far what i really needed to do because i was not going to do this part i was just we we finished the interview a few minutes ago and i was just going to go ahead and have that interview be the whole thing but i said let me take a minute because what i need to do is give a trigger warning all right so trigger warning in this conversation about plant motherhood and motherhood in general, uh, in all honesty, there's a lot more of mothering involved, especially as Black mothers. We, too, are Black mothers who are very much advocates for, you know, giving, holding space for Black mothers. So as we are holding space for mothers there's so so many ways to be a mother and we really got into a lot but like i said uh, i want to give a trigger warning in wow it was a very real very explicit conversation that you're getting ready to take in and that did include subjects such as miscarriage and the you know the general loss of a child the death of a child, uh, the anxiety that Black mothers experience or that mothers experience who are raising Black children. That's any mother. You know, you don't have to be a Black person to raise a Black child. So we recognize that. This is just a big shout out to moms because, hey, I'm a mom. that's, That's where it started from. And we actually were listening to this is what happened before we get into this episode. Just to open it up, let's get a little background, shall we? So I'm chilling, minding my business one day. And by business, I mean getting ready for season four. Brittany hits me up and Brittany says, girl, because you know that's how we talk. Girl, you, you're going to hear about that as well. She said, girl, you got to hear this episode. I just shared it with my mom group, which we're going to talk about that as well. She's got a whole ass mom group. It's deep. But she said, I need you to listen to this here episode. And I'm going to go ahead and link that episode in the show notes for you. It was a podcast or it is a podcast called Good Moms, Bad Choices. That show is, it's an incredible show. Uh, that if you think what we talked about was deep, 
go listen to that episode. If you can, if you have time, I would even say listen to that episode before you listen to this episode. You know, if you are a podcast listener, then you'll make a way. (laughs) I know I do as much as I possibly can. But that episode of Good Moms, Bad Choices is linked in the show notes if you are interested. Other things that are linked in the show notes are, you know, ways to find me, ways to get in touch with me, ways to support me. As I indicated very specifically in this episode, y'all, I'm a single mom, okay? I've been in this mom game for long enough to know some stuff and to uh, still still live in my purpose here, which has a lot to do with talking to you as I'm talking to you right now and uh, being a creative on top of, you know, being a single mother is not without challenges. So if you are wanting to show me some love for Mother's Day, then I got the links in the notes. I would love for you to become a patron. Not gonna lie, that would be dope because what that does is that is an opportunity for you to provide support to me on a monthly basis, literally for the price of a plant that your ass was going to buy anyway, if you wanted those. (laughs) A bag of soil, (laughs) a bag of soil, maybe a rake, you know, uh, for, for the price of a simple plant or garden supply, you could be providing ongoing monthly support to me. And I definitely want you to also take note of how to support Brittany and keep up with her uh, and wish her a happy Mother's Day and and shout her out and show her some love as well. Show me some love, okay? I got Cash App as well and PayPal, but look, my number one choice this Mother's Day, if you're feeling generous, all right, boo, is to go ahead and become a patron and love you so much for it. I appreciate y'all for being my tribe, my soil cousins. Y'all not gonna get me started crying. You know you ain't gonna get me started lying. So (laughs) I truly, truly hope that you appreciate this episode. Very, one of those extremely, extremely transparent episodes where I shared quite a bit and that's that. Uh, So I hope that you appreciate it. Uh, Love on a mother. It don't just have to be your mother. If your mother is not with us, honor uh, that ancestral uh, position that that mother is in, whoever it may be. Plant moms, A, we out here. Okay, shout out to all of us. And uh, thank you so much for rocking with me and and being patient with me as I get season four together and just, you know, support all around, no matter how you are supporting. Share this episode with a mom. All right. If you can't do nothing else, my homework to you. Share this episode with a mom. Get to a point. I want you to take note. This is what I want you to do specifically. Take note of a very specific timestamp in this episode where it really hits you share that with somebody who who needs to hear that because we really are we getting into it so without further ado enjoy this special bonus mother's day episode of black in the garden and i'll talk to y'all soon you know what i say love light and soil Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Black in the Garden. It's all about moms, human moms, plant moms, in the spirit of that. Well, you know me, I'm cold to be talking, hostess with the mostess. Hello. I am joined by Brittany. If you are OG soil cousin, you remember her from season one. Cause she's an OG guest. Okay. I knew I'm true. Period. Brittany, what do you remember from our initial conversation? We talked about plants. We really dug deep into how we've been doing this our entire lives. And some of us didn't become plant aware until Mm. it's been within us our whole lives. And so we talked about how we would see plants. 
as kids and going to relatives' homes and just seeing plants and recognizing the trend of so many of our loved ones caring for plants, but didn't really get the connection until we got older. So we talked about our livelihoods and how plants have always mm. been a part of it. Stay Plant Woke was the name of that episode. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you were able to recollect so well. By now, things have just picked up so much. We talk about this all the time. Oh, you that's, know. So cute. that's so cute that you're that modest. Well, be the opposite of modest for me. Why don't you brag? I don't really like to brag like that, but I do be proud of myself. But go ahead. But wait, let's unpack that really quickly. Why don't you want to brag? It's not that I don't want to brag. It's just of all the things that I could say, the bragging things are not high on the list of things for me to say. Does that make sense? I understand. I'm aware. I'm just like, yeah, I know. I'm doing pretty good. It's, it's popping over here. The brand is strong. I struggle with putting myself out there a lot because it, it seems braggadocious. And I don't want to ever come off with somebody that's like, she thinks she all of that. But hey, if, if you are that, then you should be that way. And so I challenge you to do a better job of bragging about your accomplishments. Because no, you a lot has changed since we've, since we've last spoken. I don't know the numbers, but the numbers are, are larger. We have a website. I mean, hey, you damn right. A lot, is, a lot has changed. We got like graphic design shit is looking real fly and stuff. I mean, was any of that going on in the first season? Not at all. Of it, no, so a lot has changed and happened. Technology's changed. I didn't even have a microphone when we talked, so no, it ain't been no small changes, girl. It's been heavy overloads, all due to your passion. So let's celebrate you real quick. Oh, thank you. Okay, that's like an early happy Mother's Day, but not even that ain't even mother related. That's just like you go, girl, take your flowers. We gotta get I'm going. Flowers. While you are Ooh, thank you. we should celebrate the work that you've done to change this plant to this online and digital plant community because it's okay. Awesome. Let me just take it a little bit further. Let me just brag. Here's what I'm gonna say in that spirit of just talking myself up is that I am a visionary. This I know. I claim that. And in my visionary ways, what I've recognized as I consider the future regularly like I really don't live in the present like that I damn sure ain't trying to live in the past girl what who not me (laughs) so in thinking ahead and recognizing that so much has happened but also knowing that so much more is going to happen what I know to be true is that in all those happenings the culture of horticulture is being shifted. We are reclaiming it. I'm talking about Black folks because, and I say reclaiming because this is not something that is new to us or foreign to us. Preaching to the choir, I'm sure if you're listening to this, come on now, you know what you cut on, what you press play on is Black in the Garden at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture. So we are actually it, it's it's going to, we just blacken it up is a cute way for me to put that. I'm just very grateful to have the support of a soil sister, soil cousin, but like a for real legit ass friend. Thank you, Brittany. See how I brought it back to you? Uh, that was it's not about me, it's the guest. I didn't see the vision, but girl, you brought it back. Like you like did a quick U-turn. I'm just like. I did like a little whoop, whoop. I swerved on you. You ain't see it. I wasn't doubting you. I was a little skeptical because I just, I'm always a skeptic, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. But it came back. You're just so you're so gifted. Do you know that? How gifted? Oh my God! Thank you. Just the journey of starting this and maintaining Black in the Garden alone has absolutely put me in tune with the fact that I am gifted. There is a very large skill set, a long list of skills in the set that I had the whole time. And so recognizing that and just knowing because so much that I did in the beginning was very intuitive. It was very much like, hey, girl, you started a show. People don't know about it. So you got to let's get an Instagram together. How that shit work? How are you going to get the people to come over here and see what the hell all going on? And then next thing you know, it was like I put on my promoter hat. I put on my marketing hat. I got down to the Canva. I made some little raggedy graphics until Paula came and saved the day. <laughs> I got some Paula art over there. Boom. Yes, queen. Oh, as you should. She's with us. The spirit. We love her. I've also been begging her to come on. She keeps teasing that she's going to come on. But Paula, girl, can do to make it happen. this is not a call out. This is a call in. All right, paging Paula Champagne, please come down 
to the Zoom. Get on this call with me so we can talk about how dope you are. All right. We'll get there. But where we is on today is celebrating the momness of it all, especially as it relates to our plants and how it's symbiotic. Mm -hmm. That might not be the best word, but just know I do know herds. Okay. So let's start from the beginning. And if you heard our initial interview, special bonus cookies for you, that's what's up. So we might touch on a few things that we touched on then, but child, that was like a year ago. So let's refresh. We've evolved since then. So we first met, right? The year was, I want to say 2000. 12 or was it 13? We both had babies and our girls are the same age, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah. It have been 13. They were baby babies. So I want to say it was 2013. Oh my God. Oh. I know. <laughs> almost, we, almost 10 years, friend. Oh my God. So like if we had a plant for that amount of time, like let's say we got together and we bought a plant and I was like, here, Brittany, you put this over there because I done moved so much. That plant would have been dead, abandoned or whatever. What would that plant look like? Well, we have those plants and they're called little girls. <gasps> Not who brought it back around. You swung it around so quick. I didn't even see you turn. Oh, my God. How old is your baby? Is she eight? She is going to be nine this year. Mine will be nine at the top of next year in January. So. Oh, my God. Can we just pause? So going back to 2013, they were babies. It was our initial meeting. I remember we had the car seats in the back. We actually took a trip to Ikea because... Mm -hmm. Ikea. <laughs> we were in Orlando. I actually lived like a couple blocks from the Ikea and we met through the purveyor, the originator, Black Girl Magic. That shit was ordained. How okay. How insane is that? Because Sean Thompson, who I shouted out on Black in the Garden before, one day I'll get her on. We'll figure that out. But because Sean Thompson, I was just like, yo, I had known her since like 2006. Oh my God, she's just so well-connected in the digital space, specifically among Black women, because that is literally her ministry. Yep. Black women need to be uplifted. She is coming down with the shea butter mm-hmm. and the words of affirmation and the whatever else it is that you need. So I said, Kashan, huh. like literally, take it in. She literally is the creator founder of Black Girls Are Magic. Mm-hmm. It's not Black Girl Magic. That's a little, see, it just got a little gentrified, but not like in the white sense, because mm-hmm. obviously. Anyway, long story short, I hit her up because I know that she knows the people. And I was like, it's John, I'm in Orlando and I just want a friend. And she was like, girl, here go Brittany information. I really don't remember what it was. Probably whatever social media was back then because the show as hell wasn't no damn Instagram. Mm-mm. And I don't know, within a few days, we connected. Mm-hmm. And wow, with the babies. It was weird because it was like, we really didn't know each other. I don't even think we talked that long digitally before we got together. It was a matter of me just saying, hey, I'm going to Ikea. Can I take you and your baby to Ikea? And so you have been that trusting right off. Because you would literally never do that with, well, I don't know, kids are crazy these days. But you know what I mean? Like to be able to be that trusting with someone and your child so early meeting them. But that's a testament to Kashawn, though. That too. I was going to say, probably would have, we would have never considered it if she wouldn't the one introducing us. She knows the vibes and she curates a community of of women. So like, I knew that she wasn't going to connect me with somebody that was going to have me out here looking crazy or trying to fight me in the parking lot. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Just considering what left could have been, it didn't go left. It went very right. I do remember it being very hot that day. But it's Orlando, so that's like most days. So I'm indoors with AC on and a fan on, and I'm still hot. So, oh, child. Wow. So we went to Ikea, but both of us were not into plants at the time. Mm -mm. No. What the hell were we doing? I don't know why we were in Ikea. Like, I I think it just was an outing. I don't know if we had plans. Because, you know, you you don't just go to Ikea to go, you go with the plan. I don't think we had plans. I think we just were like, no, you don't go to places without a plan, big Capricorn energy. So we were talking as we be talking. There was this really dope conversation that we had concerning just the nature 
of our maternal journey. And of course, when we got reconnected, it was literally in this plant space of, you know, after I had started with Black in the Garden. And I was like, I saw your screen name. I saw your face. I said, (laughs) I know her. After that initial meeting, it wasn't nothing weird or off or nothing. We just didn't connect no more. No, just life. Life. But now I ain't never going to talk to you again. Just motherhood and lifehood and y'all know what I'm talking about it's it's not uncommon truly so it's like I don't know normalize not talking to people but still being able to come back everybody know you got that one friend where you talk to them mm-hmm. and it's like oh girl it was, it was like yesterday that we talked yeah. last and you so talked to them in years but it feels like it was yesterday Right. So then I get reconnected with you and look, I'm like, whoa, you got a whole other baby. And then me, myself, we both had sons. And oh, my God, your baby boy is how old? He is seven. Okay, so my don't get me started. Line. Don't you love when you have to think about it's like, uh, so mine is just five. So we had our big girls and then we had our baby boys. Right. I'm like, I ain't doing all that math like that, child. They was born when they was born. I was there, obviously. (laughs) So having sons, can we talk about that? I once wrote a blog post when I was pregnant with my son and the title was, I'm afraid to have a black son. Yikes. Even though I desperately wanted a black son. Wow. What a juxtaposition. You wanted to have a Black son. Do you mind describing a little bit more about like why it was important to you to have a Black son? Yeah. So I think the main reason is because I grew up with sisters. So I'm the oldest of four. And so I've always been around girls. I was that girl who had a lot of girlfriends growing up and the girl energy, something I love and still need to this day. Mm. But when I thought about motherhood, there was something in me that just really wanted a, a boy. I just wanted a little dude. Um, when my daughter was born and I found out she was a girl, even though I knew, like, mm. I, just, I just knew I was having a girl. Yes, we know. Sad when I found out. That oh. she was a girl. I know. I told her that too. I was just like, yeah, girl, I wanted you because I just, I don't, I don't. I feel silly talking about it now because at the end of the day, gender shouldn't matter. I'm trying to be very different. Very true. Approach gender. It shouldn't matter what you have. It's a healthy baby is what matters. Like we all know that. Yeah. I'm at that baby boy. And so when I found out I was pregnant with him, you know, after the yay, that excitement, I just was like, and I'm having a black boy. And. Oh shit. Then it hit you. He was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. have you seen the news? <laughs> Damn. There's nothing you can do to, pr- to tell me that it's safe for Black boys in America. There's no area in this country, to me, even the Blackest city where we have all the culture and great, oh, yeah. great school systems and great health, that still does not convince me as a Black mother that my Black son will be safe and cared for in ways that I would care for him. And that dawned on me very early on while he was still in my womb, that I just, I was giving birth to a child that I can love and protect and keep healthy and keep whole and keep happy. But when the world sees him, I can't protect him anymore. Mm. And I came to that realization when he hadn't even taken breath. And I'm not saying all Black people feel this way, but that was my reality. Wow. Okay. So that just feels a little bit heavy. It's a little heavy. But I'm holding space for that because that wasn't my experience. I definitely was looking forward to having a son. I Here's how it works for me in my mind. I just be like, I know it's fucked up, but I think it's some kind of system that my brain is set up to kind of protect me from the anxiety that I otherwise, like a buffer, a barrier or something like that. Because if I really sat down and did that thing that, moms do where we make a list of all the shit that could happen you wouldn't become a mother because it's too much yeah i would be fraught with every ounce of anxiety you would say never mind i just won't have kids because it's so many things to think about it's from and not we're not talking about just as these babies you know newbornhood is, is a scary time or it's a beautiful time, but it's also anxiety inducing especially for new moms but you literally don't ever stop worrying about your children Ever. I mean, they'll be full-grown adults. And you're just like, y'all right, baby? But well, you know what they say about having kids. It's like your heart lives on the outside of your body. It's true. Oh, my gosh. I can't take it. It's it's getting to me right now. It's creeping up on me right now. Okay. I think it's important to highlight that because it's real for a lot of Black people. But that does not stop us for instituting joy in our children. Okay. Hashtag 
black boy joy and brown boy joy. And just, I don't live in fear daily because he provides me with so much joy. It's sickening. I could easily be one of those moms who's always sharing pictures about what her kids are doing. Look at this cute little thing my kid did that you won't care about. So hard. Up inside. And so. Y'all better get this real, by the way. It's just going to drop. I just went through. I was like, oh, look at all these cute videos. (laughs) Let's make a montage. (laughs) Motherliness. The anxiety of it all is just trash. That's the simplest way to put it. One word answer. Trash. How has your relationship with plants been similar to your relationship with your kids as far as the tending the nurturing the receiving of joy the exuberance look we black in the garden (laughs) so for me i think the common theme with raising kids and raising plants or taking care of plants is patience there's a lot of patience in both and whether i am really irritated that the lower leaves of my pink princess philodendron keep falling off or why my Oprah plant is still at the same length, even though it was at length three weeks ago, requires so much patience and forgiveness within yourself. Because I think inherently as gardeners, we just want success all the time, right? You want this to grow this way. You want that to flow. You just, you don't have any desire for things to fail. And the same thing with parenting. You Mm -hmm. invest time and interest in your kids and you don't want them to fail. You don't want them to make mistakes. You don't want them to screw up, but they will, as will our plants. And sometimes those efforts that you put in have nothing to do with you because we don't own these kids. We don't own these plants. They're of this world. And so it behooves us to be mindful of that, to provide ourselves with grace and kindness and forgiveness for when we don't meet the expectations we set, these very high expectations that we set for ourselves and for our plants and for our children. You said a word and all the truth to that, the patience is really like the common denominator, mm-hmm. you know? And then what about that, those instances when we, when we see like that growth and how it fills us? I don't know. Describe the similarity between what happens when you recognize that growth in your plants and how it is similar to that maternal joy that you feel. It's pure, unfiltered, Black-ass joy. When I go outside and see that hibiscus flower, just stunning, knowing that maybe my time and effort contributed to that, it feels satisfying. Mm. Same thing with these kids. When your kid does something spectacular, you're just like, oh my gosh. Somebody come look at this. a lot of pandemic plans because pandemic but all of last year Mm. my biggest goal was to teach my son to read why because i'm like if i can teach you the skill it opens up plenty of doors right we struggled but he finally is becoming a reader that's one thing i wanted him to like want to read books on his own this little boy last week he sat down with me and he's like mommy can you read me this book i said sure I didn't read him the book. He read me the book. And I was just like literally sitting there crying as he's turning the pages. And he's like, the doll wow. is. And I'm just like, I'm so, and I just felt yes. satisfied and so full of joy and just pride. Yes. And, just, and not just in myself, because that's easy. Like, look at me. I taught my kid how to read. Like props to me. But just, <laughs> just in what he was able to do. And it's, it's the same thing with these plants. It's like, I can mess up and you can still thrive. It provides wow. so much grace. Because wow, I can guarantee wow. there's some times when I wasn't that nice to that to the hibiscus plant and it yeah. still thrived. There have been times when I fussed at my son and was short-tempered with him and wasn't the kind patient mom I wanted to be because okay. of my own stressors. And he still is able to do this much. That's why I asked you to have this conversation with me for this special Mother's Day edition of Black in the Garden. We just out here, it's not intended to be something super spectacular and deep. It is just intended to be very real because that is the theme. It's realness. I also think Black mom realness. We should highlight for Mother's Day the subset of people Uh struggle with motherhood whether they, they aren't close with their mothers they're estranged 
or oh, the mother passed on, or they've lost babies, or they're unable to have babies, or wow. Mother's Day, I'm finding in recent years, have becoming a lot more understanding to the people in those situations. And so I want to hold space for those individuals because it can be a trigger. Mother's Day can be hard for people who oh aren't able to have the children they want or who... We should have led with that. That's true. Yeah, we should have. It's fine. We're here yeah. now. It's fine. It's fine. We, we're, ho- I'm, we're holding space because... It's okay. I can make that disclaimer at the top. Shout out to the those of, of you who saw this title of this episode, which indicates we've got to be talking about mom shit and still clicked. And if you're listening yeah. to this and that has been your experience, we are holding space for you. We see you. We understand that is a very real thing. The conversations around that truly do need to be more. They need to be highlighted. Mm-hmm. And we just need to normalize. I myself, I just, as much as I really want to share in, in the spirit of just being transparent, I, I really don't mind sharing. But at the same time, in my heart, I am not ready to share the experience that I have had as a mother. Uh, one of the most challenging experiences of my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. But an experience that I've had of loss. I, too, am with you. It's not probably what you think it is unless you actually know what it is. But I, I definitely have had an experience of heartbreaking, devastating loss around one of my children and they are alive it's so common whether it's through estrangement that's what it is you let them go and it's like nothing you can do about it or it's you know i have a friend who unfortunately recently had her child placed in foster care and you know so it's just like there's so many losses whether it's physical emotional a child died like i don't want to keep giving out examples that might trigger people but yeah. The bottom line is, is that Mother's Day for everybody is not this celebratory bit. And then I got to shout out my single mamas who hold it down every single day and don't always get celebrated. Hello. There are a lot of single moms who Mother's Day for them is another day because they don't get that celebration. And so okay. single mamas day in and day out. If you know of a single mom, please celebrate her, give her a card, send her a gift, roll up in that cash app, acknowledge her. Roll because, up. because you may not get it. You're because in the driver's seat. I got to go drive myself to the store to get me a card, which I, I, if you can do that, I say yay. But I also want to make sure that we love on our single moms. Yes. Extra hard on Mother's Day. I've experienced single motherhood in different forms, in different parts of my life. So I've experienced it in as my origin story of becoming a mother. And then I've been a married mother. And now if you've been paying attention for a while, you you understand that I'm a divorced mother. And so that leaves me as a single mother. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm not even going to say that it's trash. It, nah, I couldn't, I couldn't do that because like, if you are fortunate to have a positive experience with mothering, especially with your kids, it's very special. It is actually a privilege to be able to raise children, similar to how it is a privilege to have access to plants. A sure. Us see, especially on social media, the positive parts of parenting. Okay, now we finna talk now. Go ahead. We yes. see, we see the cute kids. They're smiling. They're adorable. And Mm. a lot of us think that, same thing with our plants. We see these beautifully perfect pictures running, ran through filters about how this should look. But we don't often realize in that moment is what we see is the expectation. And it's not always the reality, right? So Whoa, I I knew that shit was going to be good. I'm glad it came back. We need to normalize the challenges that that motherhood is and that plant parenthood is to discuss it more. I that's why you're I, so good at that, sis. You that tell us about what you were doing on your on your Instagram. Was oh, it last year? Are you still doing it? No shame. I want I want to bring it back, but I have this this IG series IG series called Plants I Didn't Kill because I really wanted to normalize plant death. I wanted to talk about it because everyone was doing the opposite, talking about, look at this pretty plant that I grew, look how long it is. And they're not explaining to you that they bought it when it was three feet long. They're not, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not telling the true story the same right. way we do that when we talk about our kids online. And so we really need to open, okay. up, open up the discussion of the challenges in parenting, the challenges of growing plants, and to normalize okay. so that people who are new to this don't think it's supposed to be this easy because there's not one part of parenting that is easy. I, my oldest, bless her, she is a challenging child for myself. Now, a lot of the reasons why she's mm. is because I have childhood issues that I'm working through in therapy. That doesn't take away from the fact that raising her 
isn't always a piece of cake. Even though you see pictures of her and she's cute, it's like, yeah, but you don't know about the two-hour meltdown she was having. You don't know about this or you don't know about that. And I'm not posting that shit. Like, <laughs> no, no. Well, you're, you you don't care about that. That's the thing. People don't, don't care about. I'm not running for the camera in that moment. And let's be very honest. If I showed you a picture of my half dead ass plant, you're not going to click on it. You're not going to engage with me. You don't care about. Well, I try to normalize plant death enough to where I think people care a little bit more about it. But the reality of it is, someone who cares about clicks and numbers, which it's okay if you do, yeah, half dead plant is not going to help you get to where you want to be. And so that's why we don't share that information. And I think we should do more of that. We should share more Mm, of. But no, it depends on the narrative, though. I disagree. It's so awkward to say I disagree, knowing how much I love you, but like. I don't know, because I like, you know, when you like somebody, you just want to, like, agree with them. I don't, but... really, I don't really, I I prefer to be disagreed with. If we agree with everything. Let's disagree. Let's argue. Come on, let's go. All right. So that concept of nobody being interested in that dead plant, it really just depends on what the story is that you're telling them about it. Because just like motherhood, come on now, because we finna go, I feel like the organ is about to start playing. Okay, now when this plant is struggling, okay, okay. when your baby, daughter, son, whatever, whatever this creature is that you is raising is is wilding the fuck out, okay? Amen. When this is happening, you are definitely struggling with that, right? Now, the beauty and the transparency of sharing that struggle is giving permission to others. That is how we see, oh, wow, this this shit ain't really cute all the time. Most of the time, actually, it's not. It's not. You know how kids are with their egos. Yes. Pretty much the whole childhood. Kids are very me-centric. It's like, well, sis, how much sugar can I have today? You could just give me the whole bag of Starburst. I don't see what the problem is. Listen, mom, you literally picked me up every time I cried when I was a baby and you want me to stop crying to get attention. Why? It's what it's what oh. I talking to need you. You taught uh-oh. me this. Oh, uh-oh. I want to give a shout out to a mother. Oh my God, this feels so good to be able to shout out Sunita. It's spelled S-Y-N-I-T-T-A. Wait, you and I were, I don't think we were MySpace friends, but Sunita and I go back just like Kashan because we were in the same kind of online circles via MySpace blogs because we're old, whatever. We're, we're, what are we called? Exennials? We're Exennials, but we look like Gen Z though, girl. We look young, sis. Oh, baby. I was looking at this picture of me and my wig last night and I was like, bitch, you cannot tell me that I'm over 30. There's nothing about this. effervescence that gives you 30 so uh uh-uh but look so Sunita hey girl I'm gonna make sure that she hears this because I told her this before but it feels so great to be able to shout her out on my platform and say Sunita girl you changed the game for me her and Kashan their transparency I have been visiting with Kashan her kids are grown now, but I've been visiting with Kashan. I'm coming back to you, Sunita. I forget. I'm just, the example just popped up. I've been in the house when she was having a for real ass heated argument with this teenage girl at that time. And I just remember <laughs> being upstairs in the room looking around like, oh my God. <laughs> But what I love about that experience, as I recall it, is that she didn't try to explain it to me or nothing like that. She didn't try to say like, oh, my bad or whatever. It was like, this is life, girl, like you in the house. (laughs) This child is being who and how she is. And we are having an experience right now. And that's just what it is. Yeah, just like real, just Mm -hmm. the realness of it. I needed to see that as a mother of small children. I needed to see that. And I was fortunate to witness the evolution of that and to see her tea, her daughter being grown and being so incredible. Her daughter is spectacular. Oh, shout out to her. I don't know her, but when I <sighs> Sean posted about her, I'm just like, she is a proud black woman. She's oh my God. Now you're going to cry. Okay. Sunita girl. Hey, 
So Sunita began her motherhood journey, you know, a little bit after me. She would talk about her relationship with her child and, and the things that were happening with her inwardly and talking about it in a very transparent way, but also talking about it in a way where she was being very intentional about being transparent and also kind of like inducing thoughts. It was so helpful to me. But the main thing, as it goes back to what we were talking about with the not so pretty pictures and the tantrums and the meltdowns, we need to be discussing these things like this. Another person I want to shout out pretty much from the same circle is Leave It to Brittany, mom blogger, dope black mom blogger out of Atlanta. I did get to meet her a few years ago after having known her and and typing back and forth for so long. Her style... (laughs) of blogging is is very much comedic but very much kind of like roasting her kids but also which yes. i love those, I those, love. those are my favorite the women and <laughs> no seriously because i don't i'm not inspired by your cute kids doing cute things show me the crap show me the struggle you can put like make it funny i could literally google kid activities or yeah. you know, how to talk to your sons about sex like that stuff like i want the real nitty gritty funny, scary. And that's my approach to motherhood. Whenever I'm sharing it on social, I'll remind people, even on, you know, Black Girl Green World, I'll say, here's my son holding a plant. He's still a Black boy. What are you doing to protect his life? You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not going to say Oh, you're good for like, that. Well, because it's, what's the point? What's the point of showing you how yeah. to my son is? Because you will forget that. And a lot of my yeah. audience are white people who follow me when George Floyd, you know, last year. And so, you know, you call that the June boom. I have a lot of people from the June boom. And so, I wanted to remind them that, look, you're, fo- you're probably following me only because I'm Black. Because a lot of outlets are sharing, like, look, look at this Blacker who likes plants. And all the lists. And look at these, all the lists. And it's like everybody's amplifying our voices, which is like great, but insulting. But also it's like, I, I need to remind you guys that I am more than just a Blacker who likes plants. Like I'm a Black mom and here's my cute Black son. But as you see how cute he is holding this plant, what are you doing? What work are you doing to make sure mm. that I... Don't have to worry about my black son being the next hashtag. What are you doing? You just you just liking my photos? No, I need you to do more than that. Mm. And I'm, I'm going to remind that of you on a Instagram. And if you don't like it, you're going to unfollow. But a lot of them, I think, like that type of conversation. I get very real. Yeah. And I remind them, like, don't just be following me because I'm a black girl. I need you to do some work. And this isn't even work. Like, following black people, following That's black That's nothing. Moms, what the fuck is that? You do not get a cookie. You made one tap. If you have an uncomfortable conversation with an elder a white person in your family. Or why don't you have a conversation with your manager or director and ask them why there are no people of color or black, or black people on the board of directors? I'm sorry. Or not even in your office. These right. are the kind of conversations I want you to have. Anyway, that's a whole nother. That's another story, conversation. But I'm really proud of talking to white people about race and culture. They need to have these conversations among themselves. So good luck. By all means, more of that every day. We've shared our experiences with anxiety just around having Black sons. Nothing has happened to them, but we know that it could, right? And so that puts us in a position where we're like, eh, but that is the privilege on the white side is that that is not an ever-present concern. That Mm -hmm. anxiety also isn't just like, oh my gosh, my son could get shot. It's also my son in school. My son doing a sport. Being sexualized. Yes. With our daughters. I think about my son and his Looking at you, R. Kelly, bitch. Sorry. No, I'm not, actually. No, you're not sorry. sorry. But it's, it's so many other fears and worries that we have as Black moms that are unique to us. You know, I'm sorry, the white moms, we don't have the same experiences as you. And it's not just like my son could get shot. It's also, you know, how people will perceive my son in school. Well, you should just homeschool him. Oh, great idea. How do I, you know what I mean? So it's just like, there's so many. There's privilege with homeschooling, like straight up and down. And you also have to want to and be able to. And not everybody can do both. My first attempt at homeschooling, baby, epic fail. Epic fail. At one point. I don't know how, but the child had done cut off one of her eyebrows. That didn't have nothing to do with school. Okay, that literally happens to every kid. Every kid does that. You that's some congratulations, you get a reward for that because that's normalize it. I get a badge for that, right? You get a badge. Ooh. So speaking of badges, what are some other badges that we get? So there's the let's see, let's take it back to childhood. Baby the hood. baby, the newborn baby, the shit up the back. You you've been okay, I was gonna say you've been pooped on before. 
you have caught the roll up in your hand. Do you have questioned how you were parented and changed it for your kid in a positive way? Come on, Madge. Yes. Because um, I'm trying this hold on spank them thing and child. All right, let's do it then. Come on, because so, so same. Oh my God. I'm not saying because that's what bad. I recognize is unfortunately, because we just got, I just got to say it because it needed to be said. Uh-huh. The way that we are disciplining our kids, and I say we, because I am we, is a perpetuation of our colonized state of mind. Straight up. So it is a very real and extremely challenging reality Straight that up. we are responsible for at the very least, trying our best to decolonize our discipline. It's a fact. And, and I'm thinking of those memes where it's like me and then also me. So it's like me saying what I just said and then also me like, I'm going to whoop your ass. Here's the thing, though. How many times have you or someone you know have said something like, I got beat and I ain't nothing wrong with me. I got whooped and I'm good. I ain't in prison. We had these conversations about like how spanking was great. And how we turned out fine. But we aren't fine if we think spanking our kids for making wrong decisions at young ages is okay. Your reaction is violence? That's not good. You want anybody else doing that to your kid? It's a very short uh, line that I drew to get to that conclusion. As I was really internalizing it, I did. I can definitely credit one super soul conversation. I can't remember the name of the author, but it was a book that was something about conscious parenting And it's like, I know it sounds woo, it sounds all new age, and it sounds like some white people shit. But at the same time, how weird is that, though? It's like, the concept of not spanking your kids is some white people shit, but at the same time, it's some colonizer shit. Here's the thing, though. What you just said, woo, woo, white people shit, like, I've said that and I've heard that from so many Black parents. That we think that by not spanking our children is white people shit. And it's sad, but we're doing the work to change it. I'm so proud of the work that you're doing and the work that I'm doing. As a mom, I can think of like, I can't blame my parents. They made a lot of mistakes. I'll call them out on it. But they (laughs) they did the best they could with what they had and what they knew. And so maybe my mom's reaction to spanking me was what she knew at that time because that's what she was taught. And that's what they were taught. And that's what they were taught. And you had to be kids, you know, because like when you trying to get out of the transatlantic slave trade and like there might be reasons behind why spanking was a thing. but. I want to do better by my children. And it's hard work. Same thing as it, as, as it relates to religion. I grew up very religious. I owe so much of what I've done and who I've become due to my experience in the church. I had great experiences in the church. However, I've decided not to raise my kids in church. And, my, yeah. and I had to come to that realization because Same. I find church toxic. I find God and Jesus and the stories beautiful and easy. And I can teach that to my children. Yeah. I can't also have them in places that aren't safe. And church doesn't always feel safe, especially for my queer friends. I can't confidently raise these children in an institution that doesn't see people for who they are and celebrate them and support them, love them. That's what it amounts to for me. And then there's there's misogyny, unfortunately, that comes that, And then there's that. So there's it's too many issues that I don't know how to give them meat and not the bones. We're not even yeah, and this is no shade to anybody who practices whatever religion. No, Y'all no. know that I am tolerant as fuck on this show. We're all on it. I mean, we're talking do. about our experiences. No, I think we should really start propping up the parents who are doing this because a lot. Not everybody had the best upbringing, and then yeah. to raise children despite your traumas and your fears and your mm-hmm. experiences and your worries and your concerns. Like, here's the thing: we got to do this every day, friend. We got to be a parent every day. That means even when you're tired, even when you're overwhelmed, even when you're on your period, even when you're... That means you have to wake up in the middle of the night to take this child to the bathroom because you have to train them until they figure out how to wake their old ass up out the bed. Every... Make sure you lay down that mattress protector. My son still struggles with peeing in the bed. And let's normalize that. We're normalizing it because it is what it is. Not every kid's going to be potty trained by three. Not every kid is going to be an astounding reader by five. Not every kid also, is going to be like a super athlete or a genie. Or they're all geniuses in their own ways. But let's remember, they're going to be what they're going to be, and they're perfectly imperfect. It's still a Panda Express outside. All right. Are you sure? Because we live in Florida and Georgia, and these states say otherwise. Well, look, I ain't talking about. I ain't talking about the people that act like it's not happening. Lord, Ooh, don't, get started. don't get me started because I was going to say something. Look, so I could just imagine that 
is traumatized some kids in a way yeah. where it's like if we're talking about something like bedwetting and oh let's get deep into it I'm not gonna put nobody business out there but this is the best way I can say it I've come to understand that not just pee is the thing that can happen when kids go to sleep but kids who experience trauma can also poop themselves and then there are night terrors My in their sleep terror. listen and us as moms are dealing with this shit like in the morning or in the middle of the night or both but literal shit friend yeah like for real ass shit coming out of your butt at two and three in the morning you're just like i just wanted to sleep i just oh what is that smell damn we might not be good at math but we can look at that clock and know exactly how much sleep we got left until that Girl, i think i only got an hour 15 minutes left i'm gonna be able to go back to sleep i'll just be up and then you're dead the next day but you, still gotta show up. you still gotta just show up in a blink you can't be petty with your parents i don't know like parenting is the hardest i told my friend this last week who doesn't have children and she's still on the sense of if she wants to have them or not and mm-hmm. she's like well you know, you know about parenting would you still do it and i said well, that's hard for me to answer because they're here and i would never want to give them up you have to do that thing where you're like i love my kids but because yes. <laughs> i was never one of those women who was like i'm gonna have kids i'm gonna get married i'm gonna have a house i right. wasn't giddy about motherhood motherhood seems to me in my 20s like an inconvenience it was like, wait a minute, you forever. For most 20 somethings, it's it is yeah. an inconvenience. I remember yeah. struggling with that because I started motherhood in my 20s and I've come to understand in hindsight that I was reluctant to fully take on that role. Yeah. And it manifested in the way that I parented. Well, I would say that, like, think about it. How do you prepare to be a parent? You spend most of your childhood being a child, and then yeah. by the time you're 20, it's not like you have enough skills or experience to even not to imply that you can't be a bomb 22 year old mom shout out to the to the you know the okay you can and be all that but not everybody can be and so I struggled with motherhood early on because it was like I thought about all the things I couldn't do I'm a career oriented girl I always wanted to be like focused on career and work and passions and hobbies and motherhood even when I had little babies felt like I I couldn't do any of that being a stay-at-home mom seemed mundane to me and yeah and lame I just I'm like well okay I'll take care of this kid and what else I just I wanted so much of me while being a mom and I didn't find that until fairly recently and really with my second child but because I started to focus on how beautiful motherhood was my oldest unfortunately I I couldn't see it because I was just like it's literally all you do all day you just take care of this kid and then you work and then it's the end and then you don't get sleep and I can't travel and I'd have more money I mean one year we spent like Twenty three thousand dollars on childcare, and I and I looked at that number Ooh, at my sure taxes, and I was just like, you know what I could have done with twenty three thousand dollars? You could so travel the world a few times. The businesses okay. I could have started, the work I could have done, the people I could have helped and saved. That's a car. I spent so much of my motherhood with my youngest, being like sad. You were missing it. This brings it back to the plants. We'd be having those moments where we just stop and admire them, and then we curate our collection. And we set it up in such a way where you have this particular plant. Cause I know, I, I remember, especially when I first started collecting, I had this giant monstera and I was very intentional about setting that monstera up to where it was the focal point. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that when I was walking around the house in a certain way, especially when I came out of the bedroom, it was right there. I had to walk straight towards it. I would see it. It was just like, oh, good morning, good afternoon. Hey girl. And doting on it, just being very intentional, right? And so I know this is true. I don't even have to ask you this question. I know that it is true for you that a part of you coming around to appreciate motherhood had a lot to do with you stopping and taking those intentional moments to look at this child and be like, she's just so gorgeous. She is a reflection of me. It's true. I let's also normalize parents who struggle with kids. Not like the day-to-day struggles, but the mothers and parents. Struggle with accepting the role of parenting. It is a whole ass obligation. And I can say this is some real talk. I don't even feel like I ever really said this, especially not on this platform. But as much as I have many frustrations around the nature of the way that my marriage ended, I can also see and I can also hold space for the fact that me being put into the single mom role, didn't love it or whatever, but 
in giving him some grace, I can recognize that you had an opportunity to get away from all this obligation. I get it. I'm not saying like be irresponsible or whatever. I'm not saying I'm cool with it. Can I tell you something that a friend yeah. of mine recently divorced told me? She says, I hate to admit this. She has three children. She's like, I hate to admit it. But the best thing about this divorce is the fact that my kids get to leave the house. Think about it. Yeah. If you are a mom and you have your co-parenting, whether you're married or not, y'all are doing this together. But yeah. if, you're, if your children are with another parent, at least sometime, you have time to exist in this space and in your home and in life, not being a parent. I've experienced that and I know exactly what she's talking about. And girl, but what she was that visitation about, schedule is popping, baby. When she was talking about it, I was like, it sounds kind of nice. <laughs> We've had this conversation before. Like you've texted me during that time when I was, you know, by myself. And I was just like, yeah, girl, I'm chilling. Like I've been in bed all day. I'm and you was like, like it must be nice. And I was like, the fuck it is. It is. <laughs> it is because I don't get this any other time. So when I get it, I'm going to leave it up. Yeah, I get it. I am chilly. Like, uh, I my eating schedule is different. I eat way less. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not thinking about, I don't have to figure out meals and stuff. But mm-hmm. anyway, wow. I appreciate you saying that because I think that oftentimes people pity single moms when sometimes, again, everybody's situation is different. Not all single moms like that. Some Absolutely. Have, they don't have the ex-partners or spouses to help them with, you know, kid duties. Shout out to the moms who have that dope ass community where they don't ever have to wonder who yeah. could watch their kids when they have to do something big or something small. I so wish I had that. <laughs> Especially like live-in support. You know, like if you live with like an aunt or whoever. Because it's one thing to have available people, but also yeah. people who are willing. You know what I'm saying? Like, who are just, oh my gosh, let me take the kids. Okay, send them over. Just drop them off or I'll come pick them up. I've never experienced that because I don't live near family. And even if I did, I don't know if they'd be jumping at the bits to do that because I still have working parents and I don't know if my family is that big with kids. I think they're just like that. Oh, they're cute. Okay, get out of the house. Keep them over there, child. Don't let them mess up my furniture now. Exactly. Everybody had an auntie like that who she got, she didn't like kids and you just, you dealt with it, but she didn't like dealing with kids. You could feel it. Yeah. Feel it. Yeah. Sometimes they don't necessarily say it, but you can tell. She mean, but she be she would be so mean to little kids. She's like, get all my stuff. And it's like it's a it's a two-year-old auntie Jenny. She too. I don't care. Get off my couch. For real. That's why I ain't had no kids. That's my kids grown. That's the other thing they be saying. Right here tearing being making all that noise. But kids kids supposed to make noise. Like this is what they do. So infinitely envious of people who have that that community and that support. And if you don't have it, like I didn't have it, I had to build it. Let's tie it back into Black Moms of Orlando. Because what you're doing is you're holding space for Black Moms, which you were doing before that anyway. How's that going? First of all, start with what it is and why it is, how it's going and where it's going. So Black Moms of Orlando is a Facebook group. We are 1,600 women strong from all areas of the greater Orlando area, which is like five, four or five counties. Mm-hmm. And I started this group in 2019 because I got sick of being the only mom, black mom at Playdates. There was a time when I was unemployed and I would go to these little meetups to just get my kid out and to do, you know, the mommy and me type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I could not find nobody black. And I'm just like, you can't tell me there aren't black people in Orlando. And so I started this Facebook group and it was just me and my friends for a while. And then it just, over time, it just started to get really, 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 really popular and lots of engagement. And so mm. the group is such a force. In 2019, we did a fundraiser where we raised over $2,000 for the group to be able to support moms who were down on their luck, who needed groceries, who needed gas, who needed a pizza delivered because they were having a rough day and they needed, they didn't know what to feed their kids. Like, I money, love that. The money is used to help those who probably won't ask for help. Mm. So the way the group runs now is, is we have so much activity, so much content. So a lot of it is digital, but then we also pre-pandemic and because we live in Florida and things are open now, people are feeling mm. more comfortable with having, there've been momcations. So that we have a mom who hosts these quarterly staycations with just moms. We do meetups with the kids. Sometimes they'll rent movie theaters. 
So we just have all types of events to connect women with kids of the same ages and people who just need a friend. Because something else yeah. that people don't talk about with motherhood is that it can be incredibly lonely. I so um, Even though literally so many of us do this, it still feels very lonely. Whether you have a colicky kid or a special needs child or a queer child or a you're a single mom or a military mom or a new divorced mom or a disabled mom. There's so many subsets oh of motherhood. Disabled kids. There's That's so it. many ways that mothering can have additional challenges added into it. What we want most, as most of us, which is why we have our plan Instagrams, is you want community. You want connection. You want similar experiences shared. You want support. And I love Black women so much. So, Like, I am obsessed with us. I... Love us. It's your ministry. I love Black women so hard. And so yeah. to be able to have created a group that is literally only us. And mm-hmm. we can say things and be our authentic selves without worrying about some Becky coming in, being offended by what we're saying, where we can talk about our fears and our worries and our anxieties and our, we can laugh and be inappropriate. And it's understood and not questioned. It's not questioned. And so yeah. to be able to have brought us together has been a beautiful thing. And we're going to start doing more stuff. So I'm looking to create a little nonprofit and do more work. I want us to be able to help as many Black women in this area as we can. Really, I just feel like it's not going to stop there, but go it's ahead. It's not, no. There are mom groups and communities at churches and in sororities, but you have to think about millennials. And a lot of us are not in churches often as our, mm-hmm. you know, our older parents. Yeah. A lot of us aren't in sororities. And I felt like, cause when I started the group, one friend was just like, well, girl, I'm in the sorority and we have a bunch of black moms here. And I'm just like, but yeah, that's implying that once you be in a sorority, you have to have gone to college. What about the moms who didn't go to college? Okay. What about moms who don't go to church? Like I want to be able to reach as many moms as I can get without being limited. And so the Facebook group has been the best way to do that. But we're hoping to have a website soon. Shout out to our admin team. I couldn't do anything without them. And there's just more to come. So I'm really, I feel like it's an honor to do it. It's it's a true, true honor. When people thank me, I'm just like, what are you thanking me for? Thank you for being here. So I just... Shout yeah. out to Black Moms of Orlando. I want y'all to do a screening of this episode. I want y'all to get together in some kind of way. Well, not y'all. I want us because I'm because I'm an auxiliary member. Girl. You are. You are. They know you, girl. <laughs> okay, BMO gang gang. So look, we're going to set that up. We'll, we'll figure Good that sure. out in post, as, yes. as they say in, in media. But wow, shout out to Black Moms of Orlando. Shout out to you. That's a lot of space that you are holding. And it, it's just community for the sake of community because yep. Black women just cannot have enough. We've talked a lot about our Black sons and our concerns for them. But the thing that we know, and it's like it becomes clearer and clearer as you get older as a Black woman, you see what you see without getting into specific examples. You recognize the way that society just does not esteem us, although they somehow still... Recognize the contributions. Mm. So it's baffling. (laughs) I mean, I don't blame them because. I don't know. I don't know. It's just there's so much. There's so much that I can say to that end. I'm just not gonna though because it's like we know. know. You and I, we know. Malcolm X said it best. It was Malcolm X, right? That said, "Black woman is the most disrespected." Yeah. Yeah. So even, even if somebody could get a magic wand and change me to something else. And so if I could make you anything else, any other ethnicity, you could completely change your body, whatever. The only thing I would say is I just want to be darker skinned. Can yeah. I be this black? Make me a little richer. Can I get a little I'm little too light pita? skinned. I'm too light skinned. Other than that, a little pita. I'm feeling a little light skinned. I need I got I need a tan. I would change nothing about being a black woman. This is a gift. It's an honor. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I also get to raise a black girl, that's pretty cool too. So I felt that I'm not even going to try to unpack it. I just felt it. So before we got started, she was showing me this card. I'm assuming that this is a, a company that is owned by a black woman. The brand? It says girl, but what does it say about that word in reference says, to black women? It's in bold and it says girl, period. And then mm-hmm. in smaller font, it says the one word that can be a sentence, a paragraph and a whole mood. Wow. I didn't catch that last part at the. Okay. It's true. It's true, right? It's like, girl. 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 Well, that's me. We? Wow. We know because we know because we, we've been there. We, we've been black. Can I shout out the company? I thought that you was going to. I, okay. I it's Kindred Paper Co. So Kindred Paper Company on Etsy. 
She yeah. does these beautiful cards. I'll get that in the show notes. Support her. Support the girls. Shout out to the the foster mom. Shout out to the bonus moms who are really good at taking care of kids that they did not birth. Shout out to the godmothers and the aunties who ain't got no kids, but they treat these kids like they're their own. Shout Mm -hmm. out to the grandmothers and the aunties, the military mothers, the MTS moms. There's so many moms. Shout out to all of them. Shout out to those of us with aging parents especially dealing with things like dementia that are parenting our parents. Hello, Xennials, Millennials, Generation X, we see you. That's also, the sandwich generation because you are caring for aging elders and you're parenting and you're right in the middle of it all. So you're sandwich generation. Shout out to mothers who are dealing with chronic conditions and illnesses and show up for the kids every day. Shout out to the moms with depression and anxiety and mental health issues. Shout out to Ooh. the moms who are raising kids who have those issues. Shout out to my queer mamas. Shout out Shout out to the trans moms. Shout out to the incarcerated moms. I'm going to shout out my birth mother. She didn't raise me because she was incarcerated. So shout out to Kathy, myself and my family. Call her fat. <laughs> that was her nickname. Sometimes fat don't always be fat. So Not like- only was she fat, but she was known by everybody to always have snacks. Like she always had the big purse and similar to me, I, I inherited this honestly, did not ever tolerate anybody being hungry around her. Shout out to the plant moms because I know that most likely that's how you are here. We appreciate y'all. If you have ever had a plant that died, it's don't feel bad. It's, it's all right. Yeah. It's good. In I'm fact, congr- congratulate yourself for continue on even though you've killed a plant. Amen. What about you? So, Amen. That's all we got for now. We appreciate y'all so much for joining us for this very special Mother's Day conversation on Black in the Garden. And until season four or whatever you hear from me next, I'm going to wish you all love, light, and soil. Bye.